0: Rooted in faith Rooted in family Rooted in values Rooted in traditions Welcome to the Rooted Outdoors podcast Corey Bauman and Dave Ashworth. Welcome to the Rooted Outdoors podcast. I'm here with my buddy Dave Ashworth. Man, it's been been too long.
1: Way too long, way too long. We have, I, love
0: how, I love how we were going to get that podcast rolling every single week again, and then hunting season yeah. rolled around.
1: And we were going to put out uh, videos every week through this is hunting. <laughs> now, I will say we have a lot in the queue. <laughs> I'm actually scared to go and count them up.
0: <laughs> Guys got 17 videos to film so or to uh, produce and edit. It's so
1: many, but we're going to do that. We're going to continue to do that. I am not oh.
0: helping you out there, though. That's for sure
1: this time of year is tough, man. It's like free moments. It's, it's getting a tree. You know what I mean? Like where it's at, it's where it's at.
0: I know, man. I've been listening to a lot of other podcasts in my spare time, you know, but, uh, but we haven't done one in a while and we, my gosh, we could go probably four hours. I know. With our season. It's like trying to do, it's like trying to wrap a whole season into a podcast.
1: Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. So Tonight we're focusing on, some Texas hunt is our focus. Mm-hmm. And then in the future, I can give a couple small updates on what's been happening, yeah. but we'll do, there's enough for some a full podcast there. So we're not going to get too much into that. We have enough to talk about in Texas. Yep. A lot to talk about. Big time
0: stuff in Texas, man. Man, it's,
1: I'm pumped. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited.
0: So we haven't done a podcast. So we haven't done a podcast since, really since hunting season started. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think the two main things that, you know, going on with me is the Hagerman hunt that took place beginning of November. And then just one of the coolest, just, I don't know one of the coolest days I've ever had in the woods Mm. this past weekend. And so we'll definitely talk about that because we will talk about that for a lot of lessons. A lot. It's awesome though. Yeah, man. It's awesome. So we had the Hagerman. So the Hagerman hunt, which we did you know, did some videos and stuff on that. And <clears throat> for any of you that didn't get a chance to follow along or hear what the heck the Hagerman was, it was this three day white tail archery hunt that I got, <laughs> was so blessed to get drawn for. And I know that there was Texas residents that I talked to that were definitely jealous that I got for that.
1: I bet I was jealous. I didn't yeah. know much about it, but man, that place. So
0: Something. man, I scouted, I figured out I put over 60 miles on the ground, scouting that place this summer mm-hmm. in like over a hundred degree temperatures. Most of the days I was out there and just, man, just trying to figure it out. And I, I you know, even after 60 miles, like, I felt like I had a good plan and a good spot. And uh, the way it works is there's these, you know, there's three management units that um, basically they split it up over. I think there was 85 guys that got drawn for that segment. So it's like three different segments, three different weekends. I got drawn for segment one. I'm sorry, segment A. And then you have three management units you can choose from to go hunt. You can move around during the three days. Mine was November 1st, 2nd, 3rd. And, uh, so one of the units is huge. It's one of the units called big mineral and it's the biggest unit. And a lot of guys go to that unit. So I was like, you know what? I don't need to go to the big unit. There's enough land on these other two units. I'll go scout these really hard and I'll, I'll find hopefully find a good spot. So I did that. I spent a lot of time in, um, Harris was the name of Harris Creek was the name of the management unit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know there's really no pressure on these deer um every time i was in there scouting a jump deer yeah. didn't see a ton of like buck sign i saw there a couple spots where there's some rubs and stuff like that and then the, and then the cool thing was the last time i scouted i wanted to give it about a, a month between the time i scouted the last time and then the time of the actual hunt just in case just in case yeah. i jumped a deer that i was gonna shoot or wanted to shoot yep. well That October, I think it was October 1st, exactly, um, I was in there on a Saturday night right at dusk, and I come up over this hill, and I had the wind in my face, and I spotted these two doe going down through a drainage uh, ditch in the middle of the field, and I was watching those deer in my binoculars, and I caught movement out of the corner of my eye, and I look over, and there is a buck right in front of me, like 15 yards, popped his head over the drainage. He's staring at me, a huge deer, and he turns around. And he heads down into the bottom, in a kind of swampy area. So I'm like, "Well, that's where I'll be the first day." Yep. So, I I left, and I was like, "That's the spot. That's where I'm going to go." Knew what wind I needed, all that good stuff. The tricky thing was the there's like an orientation the day before the hunt. So that Thursday before, the Friday opens, you can go in and set your tree stands. Well, I had a complete opposite wind to set the tree stand. You and I had talked about it and I was like, I don't know what to yep. do, man, because I have a, a bad wind to set the tree stand and I don't want to blow it out and then go back mm-hmm. in there even if I have a good wind the next day. Right. So orientation comes and there's, you know, all 80 guys are there. So I'm kind of like, let everybody go out to their spots and then I, I wait like a half an hour and then I kind of drive to the first spot where I was going to park and there's four guys going in. Mm-hmm. The same trail that I'm going to go in and I'm like, well, what are the chances of that? Right. Because there's just a, there's a lot of land out there. Sure. And of course, you know, we talked and they were cool guys and stuff. And he's like, the one guy was like, we're literally going right where I wanted to sit. And the other guy's going on the other side. And I'm like, well, that's not going to work. So yeah. plan B, I drive around a little bit. I end up going like basically to a different parking lot and coming in to probably like three to 400 yards away from where those guys were in the bottom, excuse me, of this area where I still was in the same area where this, this buck could have been. And there's, more than just that buck, but it's like one of those things where you, you see this deer and you're like, well, they're not pressured deer. So if he, if I saw him there on October 1st, he's in that area somewhere. Right. So I go in. I end up bumping a bunch of deer on the way in, and it wasn't perfect, but I ended up finding a pretty good spot that I felt was, um, you know, it was a good spot. I had good wind, you know, the following day, the first day, and stuff like that. So head in the first day, I have seen like. Let's see. On the first day I saw, I think 18 deer or something like that. I, I remember I kept texting you. I was like, dude, yeah. more Mordo. more dough. The trees were crazy in there. Cause it's all, it's all new. Like it's all different hunting to me, you know? And it's like the yeah. trees are not good tree stands, not good right. trees for stands. And you know, I'm using for those of you guys out there, I don't use a climber. I use muddy sticks and a muddy, muddy hang on, which is a lot better you know, the used to hang on. I mean, you wouldn't be able to use a climber in there. You just Right. Wouldn't.
1: Right. It's still, I mean, I saw some of your sets. They still look pretty tricky. Like not my, like around here, you know, you can find telephone pole trees like all over the place, but like your tree was like up and then over and then like up again. And I was like, geez, it's like pretty intense. Well, I think
0: I got pictures and video um, of these locust trees. I think they're locust trees. They have these okay. huge thorns on them. Yeah, that's And good. the whole tree's got these thorns on it, and they're literally like 5 6 inches long. And I ended up um Nasty. I was I ended up walking around looking for I ended up missing a doe that first night and I walked around looking for my arrow and I took one of those thorns was laying on the ground I took it right up through the bottom of my boot. Did not go into my it's not going in my foot luckily. I felt it like going into my boot.
1: Yeah.
0: I just like like sat down and like pulled this thing out of my boot but dude crazy like it just I don't know crazy it was crazy nasty in some of those areas um the first morning at about eight thirty, I had a nice 10 pointer come through a nice mature deer out about 65 yards and it was really thick where I was at not a lot of shooting lanes yeah. and then um the second day so I ended up missing that doe the first night the second day oh and by the way if you shoot a doe in there you automatically get drawn the following year so of course you got the golden, like the golden ticket, dude. The and golden he ticket,
1: a, and you can bring a buddy, can bring yes. A buddy.
0: <laughs> and you and you can you get automatically drawn, and you can apply with somebody else and bring a buddy. So, naturally, I was rooting, dude. One of the golden tickets, so we can go back <laughs> next year. Oh, uh, but anyway, the next day, um. It was awesome man uh, again, saw a lot of deer, really I was in the same spot I had, I had the same like group of doe come back through in the morning, same time. I just could not get a shot. <laughs> these deer, man i 'm telling you, I told you like it was actually the complete opposite. like I thought well, these deer aren't pressured, right, so they're not going to be looking in trees they're not going to be aware of like humans not, well right it was, because of that, dude, they were so aware of any little scent of human scent or anything different in their environment. Yes. So, dude, <laughs> and this deer cart I had, I took my stand and on, right? And I thought I hit it pretty well on this like tree line. And it's like 80 yards from my tree stand, but it's like buried, you know? And I realized after the second day that these doe would come through and they would, they would, they would, they would like, I don't know, not spook, but they would kind of like be on alert. And I'm like, there's no way these deer see me <laughs> or smell me. Like the wind's literally in my face.
1: Yeah,
0: and I realize I put the binoculars up on this wando, and I'm looking at her, and she's like just completely alert, staring over at the power line, and I and then I like drag the binos like into her sight view, and there's <laughs> there's the shiny wheel of my deer cart.
1: <laughs> the deer cart, man, that thing is the worst.
0: <laughs> so the deer were looking at the deer cart. And, and anyway that was like getting them on edge well then by the time they got to me they're already on edge like they know there's right. something up they want to know where right. this deer cart's like it's like Jeez. so dude I had my gosh I had a doe under my stand at like five yards and I'm like 10 feet off the ground I could have jumped right. on top of this deer and I draw back and of course the camera arm hits the bow she takes off the other you know 15 doe that are standing right. there and take off it was a mess man it was a mess so I ended up moving that second day um, it was really cool. Actually, I saw a bunch of coyotes that night on um, hmm. my tree stand stuff. Just a really, it's a, it's a really like wild, like wild, I don't know what other word to use, but yeah. it's a really wild area. Remote wild. Remote. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's other guys hunting in there, but it's crazy.
1: Yeah. We talked about that briefly. Um, that was one of the things I wanted to touch on, um, uh, before you kind of continue with the hunt, but like you, you had mentioned, you know, as you were coming out of there to end the hunt, just how like remote it really was and how out just like in middle of nowhere it was and how that was like just kind of a little bit different. You know, I I've experienced that some, uh, my parents have a cabin in Northern PA and it's very remote up there. Like there's just yeah. nothing up there, middle of nowhere. Like the stars are super bright cause there's no cities around to like light up the sky. Um, but just talk about that a little bit. Cause I know that was a really cool thing for you. Yeah to experience that just like something a little bit different that you, maybe you haven't really experienced before.
0: Yeah, man. So like Friday, so one thing that, a couple things that stand out, but the one thing that stands out, so Friday you know, you're kind of like trying to figure out it. There's a, it's a really controlled haunt. So you're like trying to get to your stand in the morning, kind of rush around a little bit, making sure everything's right. And like, I always try to obviously soak it in and observe everything. Well, the second day I have my stand in the same spot. So it was like the same entry. I was there a little bit earlier. Really took my time getting in there. There was no moon that night. So it was completely pitch black. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking in and just like just soaking it all in as I was taking my time getting in there. Um, I ended up getting in the stand and I had about a half an hour until it got light. And I had everything set up, I had my camera arm set up, everything ready to go. And I turned around and I flipped the seat up on my stand and I was standing there at the tree. Dude, you could see, and I know like there's definitely places on earth that you can see every star in the sky, literally. Yeah, And I remember standing there and I heard uh, some coyotes off in the distance. I heard a couple owls going off. Um, now it's about a half hour before light. Now you as a waterfowl hunter, you'll understand this, but I had um, ducks flying over. It's the best. And I could tell there was like four or five different like, species of ducks because they would fly over and they would all sound different. And um, I remember standing there just – like kind of soaking it in and going, man, this place is wild, like in a great way. Like it's mm-hmm. so wild. I was in the middle of completely nowhere mm-hmm. and just soaked it in, man. And let the kind of, you know, that, what we talk about, like breaking dawn and everything. It's just let the night kind of wake up in the morning, transition into it, birds start chirping. Mm-hmm. It was frost on the ground, dude. And it was just, man, it was awesome. It was cold. It was really cold Both uh, all three mornings. Uh, but yeah, it was something else. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, we just kind of go off on a tangent quick and then we'll get back in to kind of continue your home. Yeah. But something that we've been talking about recently is just this just this kind of idea of like like adventure hunting, you know, being mm-hmm. places that are like remote and uh, just really out there. There's just not much out there and just exploring, kind of like exploring new places and just the excitement of that. Like there's, there's excitement in, Like, like we have the farm, like learning that place and hunting that place and and knowing it, like, well, kind of knowing it, but, but but knowing the terrain, knowing the land, like there's, there's an excitement in that and trying to learn that. But then on the flip side, like there's an excitement in something like the Hagerman or like my Hmm. parents' cabin was really remote and just like getting out and like exploring and like learning on the fly. And. Uh, so we haven't been talking about that recently and I never had really put that together in my head. Um, and, and for those hunts, like the expectations are a lot lower, like you don't really know the area, but it's all the other stuff that comes with it that like really elevates like the excitement of that hunt. Um, and I just think that's really interesting.
0: So the cool thing too, and I don't know if I can explain like this feeling or not, and you may have felt it before, or maybe you're listening to this, you may have felt this, but, um. I don't want to use the word fear because there's not like really a fear, but it's this realization when you're in a place like that, that you're, you're so um, inferior to everything else that's around you. And not in the sense that there's things out there that can kill you because there is, but like just, just how small we really are when it comes down to it at the end of the day, you know, we live our lives. We go through our daily routines and stuff like that. And you get out in the middle you're standing on this, this little platform and you look up and you see the skies and you hear all these things around you and you go, you know, nothing really knows that I'm even here or even cares.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like you're such a small piece of earth that like, I don't know, it's hard to explain. So, you feel so like, inferior.
1: <laughs> so it is like the coolest feeling that like I, you know, I haven't had that a ton, but I have had it some. Um, and. Yeah, it's just an awesome feeling. You're out there and like, can't describe it. It's undescribable. Like, you have to be in it. You just have to be in it. And if you're into hunting at all or into the outdoors and you haven't experienced that, Mm -hmm. you need to find a way to do that. Like, just find a place that's really remote and just like get out there and, and watch the sunset and. It, it's like almost life-changing it's like that it's powerful i don't know how else to describe it here except it's powerful
0: it's for sure life-changing i mean it's yeah. very spiritual very spiritual yeah. like there's yeah, for sure man theres isn't i'm telling you right now and you know this but like if you don't hunt or if you are hunting or whatever you know i'd encourage you even if you feel like you're not that spiritual or if you don't have a relationship with christ like you feel you do or if you're even not even sure about like what your thoughts are and your beliefs are i would just encourage you next time you're in a tree stand and it's and it's a situation like that you just take a second and don't try and find the perfect words but just kind of pray what's on your heart because like i feel like there's just such a connect we not feel like i mean there is such a connection there's just nothing there was nothing like praying that morning Mm. And at the end of the day, I never prayed for a deer. And I know we constantly, sometimes we joke around, you know, about, Oh, Mm. let's just pray for a buck. Like, cause whatever, you know, we're joking around, but like, it wasn't, it had nothing to do with the hunt. It was just complete utter gratefulness Mm. that that opportunity was presented to me and not overthinking why I was there. Like it's just, I was here because he wants me here for a reason, you know?
1: It's awesome. Well, let's get back into the hunt. There's still a lot. A lot yeah to talk about so you know where'd you end off day day one i think day two yeah day two,
0: day two i moved my stand at noon um i moved a little bit deeper um well i figured out pretty quickly actually which was really cool is that i figured out all these deer were funneling back to a thicker part um they were passing just out of my pretty much just out of my range the first day and then the second morning was kind of a reassurance so honestly, the first day was, was really an observation day. Yeah. The second morning I was really confident, honestly, because I wanted to shoot a doe and get that out of the way. I was really confident that I was going to be able to shoot a doe on Saturday morning, the second day. And then I was going to move back in deeper. Right. And like I said, it just didn't work out. I had a, I had a shot. I drew back and it just didn't happen. Yeah. So I ended up moving at lunchtime and moved deeper in and, uh, uh, kind of hard to explain without looking at a map, but I was at, um, at a field edge and there was these drainages. So I was in the middle kind of a, of the end of a drainage and then it went back into like the swamp and there was a fence there and stuff like that. So it's kind of at an intersection where four edges meet. So there was a field that met the corner of a woods that met the swamp basically mm-hmm. and this drainage. So it was like a four way intersection um, I was about 25, actually I know, <laughs> I know I was mm-hmm. 25 yards off, off the edge of the, of the, of the corner of the field or um, off the, yeah, off the field. And I was in the woods, found a pretty good tree. Um, look like a great area where bucks could be cruising. Um, and out there too, it's like one of those things where you never know what's coming out of there. There's just so many huge deer that got shot. On that right. first day I met two guys at orientation, they both killed deer and both the deer were at least 150. I mean, they're big deer, very big deer. I see you in pictures, right? I yeah, think. very yeah. big. Huge deer. Um, and it can happen at any moment in there and it's cool cause they have a, they have a, a Texas bow hunter has a, uh, forum. So you can kind of follow along guys there are a lot of guys on there that are hunting the Hagerman. They're like telling, to, they're talking about, you know, the deer they've seen shots on deer. Like it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that is cool.
0: <laughs> so anyway, I didn't see anything that night. Um, I had a I had a deer blow that I never saw. I know it didn't win me again back this thing, and it was a, it was right four o'clock in the afternoon. I didn't see anything that night, but I was pretty confident about the next morning, just because of where I was at and stuff like that. And I hadn't rattled yet really. I did a little bit, but you know, for anybody that's listening, and today's the 18th of November, we're kind of at a we're at a very different time of the rut. Not very different, but a little bit slower. Um, kind of a um, what I would say is the seeking phase right now. So there's not a lot of bucks chasing; they're seeking, um, which we'll which we'll get into. But they're seeking, um, and so they'll come to rattling. You know, first first in November. I mean, they're kind of pre-rut at that point, very pre-rut. Yeah. So anyway, get in the next day. It's just breaking light. I was actually running a little bit late, and we talk about this all the time. It's like the days you're running late. That's when kind of when things happen. Get in there kind of late. Um, I had a little bit of a further walk, and for some reason I was so, like soaked, soaked, in sweat. Like I remember getting in the stand and like completely taking everything off the top and putting on warm clothes. And I finally get settled in and kind of get the camera set up and stuff. And I'm like, I'm gonna rattle. And I'm looking out over basically this field where the drainage is, and I rattle just a little bit. And um, I didn't go crazy with it. I just kind of tickled it a little bit, you know, just to kind of see what was around. It was dead quiet, no wind. I mean, just crisp, frosty morning. Hmm. And I don't know where these deer are going to come from. They could come from behind me in the swamp, maybe out of the field, whatever. So I rattle a little bit. I sit there like, I don't know, maybe like 10 minutes goes by and I catch moving out of the corner of my eye and I'm looking out like towards the field. And I look over and by the time I look over, he's already there. And there is this giant mature deer (laughs) standing, literally he's standing already to the corner of of the woods. And I had to kind of swing around and And get ready and he's already stopped and he's looking like he's looking left he's looking right he's already looking for obviously other deer he doesn't see them and you know how it is it's like they don't find what they're looking for and the mature deer he slipped in on me like it just and that's how it happens when you rattle a lot of times slipped in i actually was i know for a fact it was 25 yards because i ranged it um he was at the corner he was standing right behind a tree all i could see basically was his head turning (laughs) <laughs> looking around and I was ready to draw all he needed to do was take two steps either into the woods where I was um, or keep going down towards the swamp and of course he didn't which happens he took like two steps backwards and then he wheeled and he was out across the field and all I did was watch him in the binoculars um, biggest deer I'd ever seen in the woods I mean yeah. and, and not just a rack like his body was huge I mean just yeah. a huge massive deer really cool to see um but yeah so that was that i ended up actually moving them in the afternoon i was gonna stay put but i was like you know what i'm gonna move closer back to the road and see if i can get some action in another spot i had scouted and um i didn't end up seeing anything that night but i kind of was just soaking it in at that point I ate lunch on the ground like sat by a water bowl and just ate some lunch um yeah man I didn't see anything that night I had a couple more deer blow at me like it was crazy man
1: yeah yeah that's so cool though man like just like I remember when you first moved down there you know doing some research about places to hunt and like this Hagerman thing came up (laughs) and we made a joke about it like oh man could you imagine like us getting in there or you getting there whatever And we like we never thought it would actually happen. And then all of a sudden, like you're in it, you know what I mean? And (laughs) and, like the end of the day, like you saw a ton of deer, you know, you, you saw the biggest deer of your life, you know, that's a pretty cool experience. And then the whole, like, like remote, like just adventure wild type thing. Like, yeah, that's so cool, man. That's just so cool. Um, what would you say is like, uh, your biggest, like lesson learned or your biggest takeaway, it can be hunting related. It can be like just life related. Like, what would you say is just like the biggest thing, like leaving that place? Like this is what your takeaway was from
0: Yeah. You know, and I I think I told you this. So one of the most like surreal things I think was I ended up, so I got down um, that final day. I got down, I packed up my stuff and I was walking out um, to the trail and I looked over and the sun was setting and like Texas has some unbelievable sunsets. Yeah. And it was one of those nights, it was like purple and pink, look like cotton candy in the sky. And, uh, again, there really wasn't a moon. So, you know, you kind of see the sun setting in the distance and stuff like that. And I remember going, I remember just saying, thank you. I remember looking up and saying, thank you. Mm. And that was like the first thing that I thought about. And then as I walked out, I realized, which, you know, I mean, there's other places that this can happen, but because it's such a controlled hunt, and because it's now going to be so hard to get drawn, even though it was hard before, now it's going to be on the Texas online system. So there'll be thousands and thousands of people that draw, and they draw 200 guys a year get to Mm -hmm. hunt it. Um, And I thought, there isn't many places you can go where you know that there's a really good chance that you'll never, ever be back. You know, it's like you see a spot, you go through, like you hunt a spot for three days and you go, well, next year I'm going to come back and I'm going to, I'm going to scout it better. I'm going to hunt it better. I'm going to be able to kill that deer I saw maybe or whatever. But you walk out and you go, there is a really good chance that I will never come back to this wonderful place. Like I have a memory of three days that I can take with me. Hmm. And and I don't know, man, it was kind of surreal. It was kind of surreal and like, but I was full. Yeah, You know, yeah. I think I told you, like, the lesson from it is that um, oftentimes we try and figure out, like, why God does certain things in our life, you know? And I thought about it, like, there, too. And I, I really, truly believe that I don't I, – I wasn't put there to really kill a deer, and I know that now yeah. <laughs> for yeah. a fact. But, like, for sure. I just – I wasn't put there in that place to kill a deer. I was put there to really – um Experienced the things that I told you were the most memorable was that like Saturday morning, just standing there realizing I was just smaller than anything else. I was a lot smaller than I thought I was, you know, that kind of thing. Hmm. Um, and just, um, I think just being grateful and then being, while I like understand how powerful God's creation is and stuff like that, really, really having a different perspective of how you know, in awe and how amazing things are when you think about it when you really have time to sit there and think about how amazing it is and and how really there's 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 like no way you can't believe there's a god (laughs) i don't know just for me anyway and i'm with
1: you man i'm with you there yeah it is a crazy thing to think that like it's a place that like chances are you'll never go back to like that that really is the craziest thing because like there's there's not many places like that you know it's like Public land, obviously, you can go back whenever. Private land, changes are you'll go back. Or, like, you know, if you really wanted to go back to private, like, you could probably just pay to go back. Like, it's like, you know, you could offer somebody like 20 grand and go and hunt probably anywhere you want. So, like, but this place, you can't do either of those things. Like, you have to get picked to go. And not only, you know, will you probably never go back, not many people have ever gone to begin with. Yep. So it's like, it's this place that like, you know, you're in the select few of people that have got to experience like just this incredible hunt. Um, and it's just, I don't know. It's really cool to think about it from that
0: perspective. Uh, I think too, like I think about, um, like I didn't really think about it at the time, but now I kind of look back on it and I go, man, like you really weren't even disappointed. <laughs> like I wasn't disappointed at all. Yeah. And like, I think, it's very easy to go to a place like that where everybody talks about how big the deer are and it's a once in a lifetime and guys are shooting 180s. I mean, there was a 200 and like 30 some inch deer shot out of there. Not too long ago. I mean, huge deer, non-typical yeah. deer, like just freaks. Yeah. And I even saw one and I wasn't even disappointed. Like right. that. I didn't shoot a doe. Like would I want to go back. Yes. But it was like, I was so full when I left mm-hmm. that. Yeah, it'll be awesome to go back there. Yeah. But like, if I don't go back, like I'll have those three days and and there's so many lessons in those three days, you know, for sure.
1: It's awesome. So you mentioned that, you know, you felt like full leaving and you know, there was obviously a reason for that. Um, <laughs> so now we need to transition into the reason for that because uh, there was certainly a reason for that. And some things that transpired, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. When was that a couple of weeks ago that you went Yeah, whatever. A couple of weeks later, you some things happened. So talk about like after the Hagerman, like some you know, your your next plan of action and then your you know, your next hunt after that.
0: So I took the week off after that because it was a grind, man. I mean, I was grind those three days and uh, my uh, my parents were in town and stuff like that. So we just I just chilled out, spent time with the fam and kind of recharged the batteries a little bit and then, you know, my focus was get to get back into a tree this past weekend pull at least one all-day sit because um, again you know we're we're in a seeking phase right now there's a lot of so where like Pennsylvania most of the signs laid down already they've hit scrapes and stuff and they're still hitting them but like you guys are pretty much in lockdown at this point we're good um, we're yeah, getting yeah, to the at, well, point yeah,
1: at, the, at this point yeah we're definitely definitely
0: getting there. you know deer I mean, there's definitely deer and bred I mean Dovery and Brett like 100%. all day <laughs> so 100% for us, um, the sign just started showing up this past week, like major rubs, scrapes, stuff like that. Um, so Veterans Day, I had off, and uh, I decided I was going to go check out a spot. So to back up a second. So one of the things that I really had to get good at and learn quickly was how to look at topo maps when I moved here to Texas, because just not knowing any of these areas, I had to learn how to read a topo map to even learn where to go because there's so much land. It's like, you, you need to know where to start. <laughs> like you right. can just walk yeah. around the woods aimlessly yeah. looking for deer sign. Like it's just, it, you'd never accomplish anything. Yeah. So, you know, using the Onyx maps and stuff, um, that's how I learned how to scout the Hagerman. Um, I really feel like I had a good handle on that. And I, I know that there's property around the Hagerman, that's public so there's army corps property uh for the most part army corps owns it you know like a you just need general hunting license and a uh, like public land permit to go and it's archery only in the county up there so there's no gun hunting other than waterfowl so there's waterfowl love,
1: only, but love me some archery only spots archery oh, only can't beat that
0: man it's not a ton of pressure right like right um, I'm not even sure if you can use a crossbow. To be honest with you, mm, I think you might be able to, but I'm not. I'm not 100% sure on that. Okay. So I start looking at the Onyx map, um, and I find this like little pocket of Army Corps property that literally borders the Hagerman. Like that looks interesting, and it looked interesting in a way that it wasn't something that looked like it was really easy to access. It was just a little patch, and I don't know how many acres it would be. And I'm gonna say little. When I say little, I don't mean like a hundred acres. I mean like 500 acres probably. Right. So not little, but like not huge. Right. So I'm like, I'm going to drive out there and just see if I can. It, uh, the goal was to go out there on Veterans Day, find a spot and hang a stand and then come back uh, for an all day sit on Saturday. If I could do that, just, you know, had an idea of where it is. I looked at the, the map. So I drive in there. And of course, a lot of it in Texas too, where it looks like there's a road that will access a property. There's a gate. So of course they drive all the way out there to where I'm I'm thinking I'm going to access this property and there's a gate and it's a, it's an oil lease basically. So the oil guys can go back there, but like, I can't get back there. I can't drive back. So look at the map. I'm like, all right, so I can swing all the way back out around and come in, but I'll have to walk far, (laughs) like pretty far. Um, But I can still get to this piece that I want to get to. I just can't park where I want to park, which at the end of the day.
1: That's not a bad thing.
0: It ended up being a big difference, honestly. Yeah. I think it ended up yeah. being a big difference. Um, and I thought about that, actually, as I was walking in. I'm like, not many guys are going to do this. There's not. They're not going to do this. So I ended up parking and walking in, um, and I got about a mile and a quarterback. And uh, so what the interesting thing is, and this is one of the lessons I learned, and I've known this, but I've never really been in a spot where I actually felt like I've done it. They always say, if you're on publicly and walk past – walk past the boot tracks, walk past the other stands, walk past where you feel like you really, there's no other guys there, right? Or there's no sign of there had been other guys there at any time. So I walk in, there's a double ladder stand about 200 yards off the road. I walk in another, I don't know, couple hundred yards. There's um, a seat up on the tree where I can see somebody who's sitting. Then I see orange markers. I walk all the way back. I hit that stand. That was another ladder stand. So now I'm about, a, I don't know, about a quarter mile in. Go down through a drainage ditch and up another side. And um, there's a, a blind set up in the opening. And I'm like, I'm just gonna keep walking. And I'm still not in the area I really wanna go anyway. Right, right. And I don't see, listen, here's the unique thing. I don't see any sign. I don't see any, I don't see any rubs. I don't see any, any deer sign. A couple of tracks here and there, but not much. So I keep heading back in, I end up hitting um, there was private property that bordered this Army Corps property, and then the Army Corps property bordered the Hagerman. Hmm. So obviously, where I wanted to get to was I wanted to get to a spot where I was close to the Hagerman because there's deer probably coming back and forth. And it's fence, but it's low fence, so it's just barbed wire fence, you know, from cattle having cattle and stuff like that. So I end up um going past this blind and i keep going and i start seeing like not a ton of sign but a couple rubs here and there i'm like okay i'm getting into some stuff i ended up i ended up bumping a deer and it was in an area where i thought they were betting so i'm like well that's a good sign not a good sign i bumped a deer but i bumped a deer so they're here and that's kind of been my thing is like mm-hmm. in texas here i'm like i'm gonna walk till i bump a deer <laughs> i know where right. they're at right? you know they're there they're here. I mean, it might sound stupid and maybe somebody would think that's stupid, to, but it's a
1: good way to, if you don't know where you're going, or I mean, in general, where the deer are, I mean, it's the best way to find them. I mean, is what it yeah. is. It's so, a good, a good idea. I
0: bumped the steer. I pulled up the Onyx map on my phone and I look at it and I'm like, hmm, I'm like it's like literally a triangle where I bumped the steer right at the front of it and it's thick. Like you zoom in on it and you're like, it's bedding. One side of it's the lake. The other side of it for about 50 yards is a little bit of open timber that leads to the Hagerman. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm going to follow this bedding down. So I follow the bedding all the way down. I get to a spot where it opens up a little bit and there is a giant rubber tree Mm drying. I mean, fresh, like done the day before that day, whatever. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to hunt this fresh sign. There's no guys within a half a mile of me right now. Like I know there isn't the lakes right there. Um, I kind of was at like a, like a pinch point where the terrain went down in this like big ditch. And then there was the fence. I could literally see the fence, the Hagerman fence. Yeah. And you could see the Hagerman sign on there. It was like, mm-hmm. it's a no brainer. So I hang my stand, sneak out of there. It was raining too that day. So I, I was, it was a perfect entry. I had a good wind to actually hang the stand and not blow my scent into the beds at all. It was blowing the opposite way. Mm-hmm. Snuck in there, was wet, hung my stand, snuck right out. And I'm like, I'll be back in Saturday. So then I um, uh, plan to sit all day Saturday. Um, i trying to think. So Saturday morning, I had a really – so you talk about, like, cheater winds. So the wind was blowing from the Hagerman towards this uh, bedding area. And I was – my – my scent would basically go like right along this bedding area now the deer the bucks in order to get to the bedding area where they could actually sniff it they'd have to come around me it's hard kind of hard to explain without looking at a map. Oh, that makes sense but the way it pinched they would actually have to come around me and then go around the other side of the back side of the bed mm-hmm. like there's other ways to get there but this was the most likely place
1: mm-hmm.
0: so dude so i get in the stand and i'm like getting ready and i hear but I think these deer are coming, right? So I'm, like, trying to get ready. I'm, like, knocking an arrow, and it's, like, getting light. So it's, like, shoot. it's, like, shooting light, but it's still, like, getting light, right? So I look over, and here comes this giant hog, this giant wild hog, dude. Jet black hog. And he's, like, up along the trees, up along the, the fence line. He dips down in this ditch, and he comes up, like, literally, I don't know, well, we ended up 26 yards he ended yeah. up in. And he's like moving pretty fast and mm-hmm. I have like two windows to shoot him in. So I draw back, he gets to the second one. I let the arrow go and he like stops and he starts, he makes this like, like really weird noise, man. I can't even explain. It's like, he was growling at me. Yeah, <laughs> so, probably was. <laughs> I don't know. He was mad, man. He was mad. And I thought I hit him. Uh, and then anyway, I, about an hour later I got down and uh, it was a clean mess. I shot right under him. It was so quick. I had the pin at yeah. 20 and I shot like right under him. Yeah. Anyway, that was cool. And then I had a bunch of deer. Um, and this is one of the lessons that we were actually talking about that morning, which was insane.
1: <laughs>
0: you um you had sent me a text saying what we we're talking about, and I said there, I said, there's another deer. I kept saying there's another deer behind me, behind me, yeah. behind me. And they were like right inside the bedding area. Like, they they were not in the area where I was, and I couldn't get a shot because it was so thick, and it was just out of my range. And the last one I saw, I looked, I glanced over at a corner of my eye, and I see a buck. I'm, I didn't get a good look. It looked like a good deer. Jumped the fence from the Hagerman, going towards this bedding, and I never saw. I like just never got a good look. So then I texted you, and I was like, dude, I feel like I should move. It's like 10 o'clock. I'm like, but I don't know, like whatever. And you're like, I, I don't know, I forget. What did you say to me?
1: I said I would move basically. Yeah. I was like, I was thinking about that before. I was like, when you said all the deer were behind you, I was like, I would move. And you're like, okay. And I'm like, all right, he's going, he's moving.
0: That's honest. Honestly, that's all I needed. And so the less, the lesson is, is that I don't know. I don't know that I would have done that even a couple years ago. I just don't know. Like I was so fixed in my mindset yeah,
1: I would not I could tell you for a fact I would 100% do it now if yeah. I had an opportunity like if I see deer and I know they're in a certain place and I can't shoot them, I know it's going to happen again, I would move for sure. But like 2 years ago, I'd be like, "Ah, whatever, like they could come by here. I'll just stay here." And like I would not do that. Um yeah. but it, I mean, and, and it can it can, you know, can pay off. It cannot, but just feel like if you're seeing consistent movement in an area, like Bucks. So the reason that I was so confident in telling you yes was because the week before I was out at a property and I I knew where a bed was and I had three bucks do the exact same thing, literally the same path in the morning in a matter of two hours, like walk up the path, walk right by this bed and then keep going. And so I was like, dude, if another buck comes, he's probably going to do the same thing. That's why I was like, "I I would move. That's why I said it.
0: And I think the confidence is like one of those things where like, you know, you should do it. Like I was sitting there going, I should do this. Right. And the big, the big thing too, is is I think I've gotten really good at hanging sets by myself too. Um, And I know I can be really quiet. Like it doesn't take much. And I know I can get out of the tree pretty quick. I mean, within two minutes, I can have that standing all the sticks on the ground. Like I, I know I can do it. So I took my time. I decided to do it. The deer movement had stopped a little bit. Um, I hadn't seen one for a while and I was like, I'm just going to go for it. It was like, I think 1030 at that that point, maybe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, so I did mainly because I was just getting hungry and I wanted to eat my sandwich and my new. My new
1: That's the, the most important part of the day. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> the sandwich time. Side note, Dude. we've been, for some reason, like we've been really into making our own hoagies That's this year. So, I don't so know dumb. what happened, but all of a sudden we're like making hoagies with like lettuce and sweet pepper. Like, yeah. Like, I don't, it's just our thing this year. I don't know. What it is. Guys are
0: shown pictures of like PBJ sandwiches. I'm like, I need an Full Italian sub. Hokey.
1: Full <laughs> Italian sub with all the fixings right on there. Remember
0: when we were at the farm, we did double hoagies in one day. I'm like, Two who hoagies. does double hoagies?
1: It was awesome. It was awesome. But anyway, so you, you uh, got your hoagie most important.
0: So I got my stand moved and I moved over into where I was into the stuff. Like so how wasn't far, how far
1: did you, it, did you actually end up moving?
0: So the interesting thing is I honestly think I moved like 75 yards.
1: Mm, okay. Um, that's a decent chunk though. Maybe yeah, not even
0: decent. that far. Yeah. It probably, probably closer to 60, to be honest with you. Yeah. 60 yards, something like that. Um, and I moved to a point where I wasn't that far off the Hagerman fence my concern was is that I don't want to shoot a deer and have it run to the Hagerman because then I'll have to get permission to go on there. Right. It was a concern, but the idea of the activity I saw that morning was enough to obviously put me in the stand there. Um, right. So I got up in the stand. I was in a really good tree. I still didn't have a ton of shooting lanes, but I had the shooting lanes I felt I needed from where the deer were moving that, that morning. And, uh, so man there's so many lessons this day <laughs> so i'm like i'm gonna eat so it was noon something like that and uh actually it was exactly noon because i remember going i have 10 minutes so i can eat my hoagie because i won't you eat do. before noon right you can't
1: i do i do but i know shouldn't. but you shouldn't, shouldn't.
0: <laughs> anyway i don't want to you don't want to get hungry mid-afternoon that's the thing you don't want to get hungry.
1: trust me it ha- yeah i've learned that lesson many times but i just keep going back
0: Whatever. so i took this hoagie down and uh It's interesting. This is, there's some of this that I didn't even tell you yet. Right. So I sat there and it was about 1230 and I don't know why, but I was really anxious in the tree. Mm,
1: Interesting.
0: I was, I was antsy and I'm not usually like that. I'm pretty good on all day sit, but I was antsy and I don't know why, but something in my head was like, dude, you have a couple hours left until the activity is probably going to pick up again. Why don't you go scout a little bit, like walk back in so that you kind of really know the area. And I'm telling you, man, I I fought that hard in my head. I was really close to tying the string on my bow and lowering it down and then taking a walk.
1: Hmm.
0: I don't know what kept me there. Um, I ended up getting distracted by a couple texts from some old friends and stuff like that. And I sat there for a little bit and um, kind of went away. And sooner or later, soon enough, it was a little after one o'clock. And I was like, well, I'm not going to get down now, like even though. Yeah, I'm just not, it's going to get dark by five, you know, that kind of thing. So I was sitting there and out of the corner of my on the left, and I'm facing like, so to my left would be the Hagerman, like across the fence, okay. ways, a ways away. And to my left, I see movement. And then I see deer's legs, you know, coming towards, towards me. Like they're on, he's basically on the Hagerman, but he's coming towards me. And I thought it was a doe actually at first. So I didn't think anything of it. And then I looked up and I saw antlers kind of coming through the brush like I couldn't get a good look at the deer
1: yeah he's
0: definitely coming my way like he's coming towards the fence he's making a beeline to the fence um he gets behind a tree now at that point I had already turned so this is the other thing I didn't tell you and this is this is a lesson for everybody and um there's there I think there's times I wouldn't have done this and I I don't know why I think it's just out of laziness because sometimes you get set up and and stuff isn't perfect in the tree and you go well i I can't get that shot so but whatever like it is what it is you've probably been there right for sure what or like the tree's not the perfect tree so you just end up hanging your bow hanger wherever it, it goes and you don't even realize that you can you there might be a shot over there that you can't get right so i hang the bow hanger up when i get up there and i put my backpack on the on the um on another hook like basically like if I turned around it's on the right side of the, of the tree mm-hmm. like so if I'm staring at the tree trunk it's on the right hand side yep. so
1: mm-hmm. I have to
0: go around to, to the right side of the tree to shoot
1: mm-hmm.
0: well that's where the fence was mm-hmm. and that's where the opening was and my bow my bow hanger when I went to draw back and I know you do this a lot of guys do this is you get up there and you draw back from a couple different areas and you just make sure you have shots right but when I drew back Um, I couldn't really get around the tree to a point where my pack was kind of in the way and my bow hanger was in the way. And I even stood there for a couple minutes and I I was like, ah, can I like do this without moving everything? And I let the bow down and I hung it back up on the hook and I sat down. I literally didn't move it. And I sat there and I don't Mm -hmm. know what made me do it, but I was like, I got to move that because that's, that could be the shot I have. Like, honestly, Yep. I end up unscrewing it. I'm like holding the bow. I'm like unscrewing the Mm -hmm. hook. Like I moved the hook up and then I moved my pack down and I drew back again and I I went back around the tree and I was like, all right, I have that shot. I actually cut a branch off too. There was a, there was a little branch coming out of the tree and I was like, if I hit those leaves, like I was thinking about everything. Yeah. And it was, it was to the left. It was like the shot I needed. Right. And uh, so I ended up doing that. And if I wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have got the shot I got. And so this deer, he comes, it was really, really, really cool. I mean, just amazing, amazing experience. So he comes right up to the fence and now I can see him and I'm like, man, it's a shooter. (laughs) You know, Texas has a a minimum 13 inch middle spread, which is a really interesting, like restriction. It's so hard to tell 13 inches. Like, right. They say, well,
1: not on that one,
0: (laughs) not on this one. No. And I saw him and I was like, man, he's a shooter. And it was so cool, man. I watched him, I watched him sniff the barbed wire fence for like, I don't know, probably 30 seconds to a minute. He sniffed every section of that fence where all these doe had jumped over.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, I wonder if he was just sniffing where the other deer were jumping over deer or doe or whatever,
0: trying (laughs) to figure out what deer. And so, and I know this for a fact, they deer can smell other deer scent. Like they know, like, they can identify another deer. Right. In other words, yep. like they have their own scent, right? Right. So, anyway, he was sniffing, and the whole time, you know, I'm so like, wow. so when
1: he's at the fence, when he's at the fence, like how far away is he? Like fifteen close? yards. So he's like right there. To what twenty yards probably at that point? Okay,
0: right. He's okay. at the fence sniffing the fence, and in my head, and I've got I've got my bow on the string, and all I'm doing is wait until he jumps the fence. Right. And in my head, I'm going, "What if he doesn't jump the fence? I'm not going to shoot him there, obviously." But I'm like, this could end, this could literally end with him walking down the fence in front of me at five yards and I don't get a shot. Yep. Of course, I would have, you know, tried to grunt him back in or something like that. And sure. he sniffed Put the fence. Hmm. He sniffed it forever. And I'm literally, I'm like, I've got it clipped on. Are you drawing like, yet or no? No, I've got it clipped okay. on and I'm ready to go. As soon as he, as soon as I see him go to make his move to jump the fence, I'm going to draw. Because there's a right. tree, there's a tree in between me and him before he gets to the opening after it so i can draw as soon as he jumps over the fence yeah so i'm waiting i'm waiting dude he takes two steps backwards and i'm no. like oh he's gonna wheel no.
1: he didn't know I was there. Over. he did it to jump over he had no idea
0: i was there yeah. though i mean he had no no idea like you could you can right. tell when a deer kind of knows something's he up he had yeah. no idea right so he took two steps back and he he made a move like he was going to walk down the fence line away from me And just like that, he turns and jumps the I can see him jumping the fence. So as soon as he jumps the fence, he's behind the tree. I draw back, and he popped into what looked like was the start of a scrape. And he he was sniffing the scrape, and I still didn't have a shot. His, like, head was peeking out, but, like, that was it. He sniffed the scrape a little bit. I could see him, like, kind of licking his lips. And it was just really cool. It was a cool experience. And the whole time – I know I'm gonna get a shot. Like I know I'm gonna shoot the steer because sure. he as soon as he no jumped the fence,
1: yeah, as soon as he jumped the fence, it was on.
0: Yeah, area. I mean he he took a couple steps towards me and then a couple steps away from me and then he kind of opened up and he was a little bit quartering towards me. Um, and I put the pin like right on his shoulder blade, a little bit above his shoulder, to because I had a little bit of an angle and stuff like that, and it was quartering to me, so I was a little bit front, but I wanted that shot. Right. And I let it go, man. And uh, he he took like kind of like two quick steps back and I could see the hole in the side of him. Like I could see where so he
1: it didn't run off.
0: He took two quick steps and then he took off, but like Got he you. didn't, he had no idea what happened. I mean, it happened right. so fast, yeah. you know, and that close, I mean, it was probably a 10 yard, maybe less than 10 yards. Um, yeah. I mean, just blew right through shoulder and out the other side. And then he took off. And he got out to just where I couldn't see him. He was about out about 60 yards, went into the bedding area. And I thought he snorted at me because he would have got my wind at that point. But mm-hmm. and now that I think about it, now I know what happened. I think like he honestly was expiring. Um, right. Cause you know, after I, after I um, field dressed him and stuff, um, I went through the heart and, and out the other one on the other yeah. side. So yeah,
1: that deer was, that deer was done before he even took his first jump.
0: Yeah. I mean, I could see the blood trail out to where I couldn't see anymore with my binoculars. And it was, I mean, yeah. it was like somebody painted the leaves. Yeah. Um, I could see the arrow sticking in the ground. Like just, you know, it's like one of those things where sometimes you question it. And then sometimes you go, you still question it a little bit until you find the deer. But there's sometimes where you go.
1: mm-hmm. The yeah. There's always like a little bit there. You know, if you've, if you've hunted long enough, like you've probably lost some deer. And mm-hmm. so like, there's always that thought of like, man like did is this one gonna get away you know what i mean and it's like i mean that deer was that deer was smoked i mean he wasn't going anywhere but like it's hard to just be like all right like unless you see him go down it's hard yeah. to be like all right yeah he's done like you know even yeah. though that one was he was done i
0: remember you saying to me too and i faced on you right away and i remember you saying to me uh how big was he and i said well he's at least a 10 and the reason i knew that is because of i could you could just you could just you could tell. I mean, I could count sure. them on both sides, and it wasn't that accurate. Like, right. and you're like, he's probably bigger than you think he is. If you think he's at least a ten, right? Right. And so then I waited about an hour. You know, did the right thing there anyway, and I didn't hear anything after what I thought I heard him crash and right. and you know and expire. Um, you know, waited an hour at an hour, got down, took my time. You know, just trying to think through everything fall the blood. And I didn't get out another, like I said, I mean, he maybe went seventy, seventy-five 75 yards. I don't yeah. know, but.
1: How far did you walk until you saw him? Like, so you got your arrow. Like did you,
0: did you I got my arrow. Through? I walked into like a clearing. There was right. a clearing that before they went into like the bedroom yeah. and I have my binoculars and I put up my binoculars to look into mm-hmm. the woods and I could see him laying there behind a tree. And um, I couldn't see his antlers. I could see the back of him. Right. So I couldn't tell. I couldn't see his head. So I couldn't tell right. if he was, if he was, you know, he had expired yet or not. Sure. You know, he wasn't moving, of course, but of course you never know, you know,
1: no, you don't, he could have been just kind of laying there.
0: Could have been. So I walked up kind of around him on one side and then, um, you know, realized he was, he was dead and dude, like I saw his, his rack and I was like, man, that's an amazing, it's amazing beer. Um, and it's it's
1: so unique too like if you haven't seen the pictures go to our facebook or instagram i mean it is such a unique deer i mean how many points is it 13 i think
0: so he's he's really unique in a couple different ways right so he's unique in that um one of the things i was talking today about so he's unique in a way that he you know even like some deer they wrap their um their main beams wrap around a little bit in the front or a yeah. lot, usually, right? Yeah. This year's main beams don't wrap around at all. They go literally straight yeah. out.
1: I know. It was awesome.
0: And he's got uh, split brow tines on both sides. And then he has a kicker coming out of the front. So it's not a scoreable point. I don't think it's probably a. Right. I don't even really know. I mean, what? I brought, yeah, rough I scored remember. him, but like. Yeah. You know, so he's really unique. He's a really unique, a lot of character. Um, I'm not, I am not, I'm going to be the first one to tell you, I'm not good at at um aging deer all in fact i even think i told you i was like i don't even think he's that old dude like
1: right i just right. don't think he is not quite
0: <laughs> well yeah so i didn't you know i didn't know so anyway so you know i have a mile and a quarter now i'm back in the woods and it's it's not difficult terrain but it's still a mile and a quarter so i hiked everything back out you know i feel dressed so i hiked everything back out and i got my gear cart came back in and uh it was a grind man getting him back yeah. out of there I don't know how much he weighed. Um, uh, yeah, you said he I'll, wasn't I'll like out. a huge
1: a huge deer. No. But I think you kind of found out why a little
0: bit. You yeah. Know, when
1: you went to the butcher. So you gotta tell that part of it. And then I yeah. have a, then I got a good question
0: for okay. you. Okay. Tell that yeah. part. Yeah. Do you wanna ask it or do you want me to keep going?
1: Um yeah, I can ask it now. So okay. like when you first moved to Texas, obviously you you talked about like, you know, leases are just like you got to get a, a home equity loan just to yes, get true. a lease down there. Like it's insane. And so you're like, I'm just going to pump public land. And a lot of people, I don't know if discouraged was the word is to use for that, but they were just like, ah, like there's not really mm-hmm. public land down here. Like you can't really do it down here or whatever. Like it just didn't, people weren't really encouraging with that that much, mm-hmm. um, especially in the area that you were in. Now I know there's some, some good public land in other parts of Texas, but you know, people don't consider, I don't think that area, like, you know, great public land. Um, And you were just like, well, I disagree. Like, I'm going to figure it out. So like, and then you had the Hagerman hunt like right before. And then, so you finally, you know, you, you were able to get it done like on Texas public land yeah. on like a super mature deer. Like when you like just walk me through like some of like the things that were going through your head when you saw them coming in and you knew like, wow, like this is actually happening. And then like when you walked up on them, like what were things that you were thinking about? Cause I'm mm. sure that there was a lot going on there. Um, just with like kind of like the Hagerman fresh in your mind, the Texas public land thing that people told you, like, this is not like the best hunting and you know, public land here. Like, what were you, what was going through your mind in like a couple of those key moments? Cause there yeah. had to be something there.
0: A lot, man. A lot. Yeah, I mean, man. I think, you know, it's like you said, you know, it's, I talk about hunting Texas public land and it's interesting, you know, people that have lived here all their lives don't even know that these places even exist. <laughs> I mean, I tried to explain to a couple of people that live in Texas and they, they have no idea what I'm talking about. Right. In fact, the one guy asked me, uh, did you get uh, permission to hunt there? Did you call the Army Corps to get permission? Like, yeah. no, you, you, like, they don't know how to hunt right. public land, and it's not, it's not a knock. It's just that no, the way it is, it's a lot of people have either family ranches or they have leases and they pay for leases, and right. they call it a gun here, right? So you pay basically fifteen hundred to three thousand dollars a gun, and there could be five other guys, six other guys. Like, to your point, I always look at the challenge of it. And I think once I realized that there was public land, I was determined to find deer on them. And I told you whether it it took me five or six or seven or eight years, I'd rather wait, have the satisfaction that I was able to kill one on public land. Never imagined that type Mm -hmm. of a caliber deer, right? But Mm -hmm. like being able to do it and then... Not, not to, and it, not in a way that I would not in a way that, that I'm saying, I told you so like nothing, like it's more of a satisfaction thing for me to say, like you put the time in to look at maps, to go scout and prove to yourself that you can do it and that you don't. And honestly, you don't need a lease. Like leases are great. I don't need a lease. I don't need a lease, and 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 even if I didn't kill that deer, like I would say the same thing. I don't, I don't feel like I'm the lease guy. Like I just don't. I'm not that. I'm not that guy. I don't have enough time to spend, you know, twenty five hundred dollars on a gun, on one gun lease, and go out a couple times and scout it. Um, And the other thing is too, is a lot of the leases too are on feeders and stuff like that. I'm just, I've never hunted feeders. Sure. I, I I don't, I don't like, and this is just kind of proof to me.
1: It's proof to me that I don't
0: need to go hunt that whether I'm shooting a doe or a legal buck or whatever, the one I shot this weekend, I just don't, I don't need that. So I think the feeling of, you know, I, when you, when that happens like to anybody, it happens so fast that you have really tough time to digest it. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to digest everything. And I don't think you fully digest it until a couple of days after. And I'm still processing, <laughs> like it's yeah. still processing.
1: Yeah. It's so fresh.
0: You know, I think walking up to that deer and sitting there with it, and kind of walking through like the steps I took, the lessons I learned, and stuff like that, like by like hunting the Haggerman and like learning how to look at topo maps and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's interesting. I looked at the top the topo map again on Sunday, processing the hunt, and I looked at it again. And the interesting thing is. I picked up something new, so there is a um, the deer was basically coming down a transition line from another bedding area.
1: Hmm.
0: So, sense. in the Hagerman, there was a bedding area, and either he was bedded in there or he was looking for does in that bedding area and he was going from back, back and forth.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you could find transition between two beds, I mean, you can't do much better than that this time of year. Yeah, that's for sure. It's, I think it's one of those
0: things too where like. Every now and then I feel like you find a spot where you can kill a deer every year that you may not, but there's, there's a possibility if you go in the same time, you play the same conditions that you have a really good chance to see another mature deer. That's it, man. And that's a spot that is 100% a spot because of the way, the way it transitions in that time of year. And I ended up seeing like rubs that had been created since I put the stand in mm-hmm. veteran on veterans day. <laughs> and, I mean like shredded <laughs> and i actually and i'll tell you why i actually don't think they're from that deer that i shot i actually think they're from a bigger deer
1: why do you think that
0: well so i'll jump into the the processor
1: the butcher okay gotcha
0: so normally i would skin the deer out myself probably butcher it myself um but um i haven't kept a bunch of deer out in my life and so i didn't want to mess the cape up because it's a very unique deer you know, I I said I wouldn't shoulder mount another deer unless it was the biggest deer ever shot. Of course, it is.
1: <laughs> so Yeah, I mean that deer is just like, you know, but way too cool not to like. That deer needs a shoulder mount, and given the fact of like what you're about to talk about, like yeah, it's a no brainer.
0: So I, I I decided to take him to the processor across the street, actually, from where I live, uh, pretty close, and. Uh, so Sunday morning, I rolled in there, awesome people. And, uh, she said, um, you know, back in, so we'll get them in the cooler and stuff like that. So I backed up and she, uh, the first thing she said to me was, wow, where did you shoot this deer? And I said, North, you know, up North near Lake Texoma. And she said, And so so here's the interesting thing. So the Hagerman next segment was this past weekend. So that they were hunting the Hagerman. The next draw was in there. Mm -hmm. And she said, is this, were you hunting the Hagerman? And I said, no, I wasn't hunting the Hagerman. I said, I was, you know, I was close to the area. And she said, this is a Hagerman deer. I was like, okay. Like, I I don't know. Like, I'm like, how do you know? And she's like, she's like, I can tell a Hagerman deer by character um by the way the rack is and by the age of the deer and I was like oh I'm like how old do you think he is like I don't even think he's that old and she's like this deer's at least six years old (laughs) dude six years old it's crazy at least six years old she said
1: yeah I said to you right after that I was like man like you and I will be lucky if we see a six-year-old deer like the rest of our hunting like lives like that is incredible it is
0: she looked at the teeth. She said um, the, the forehead, if, a, if the forehead is really indented in a buck, um, it shows age. So the more it's indented. And then also, you know how, the, you know how bucks have a crown on their nose? Yep. So the, the higher the crown, the older the deer is. Hmm. And she went through that like really quick. I mean, yeah. obviously they see a ton of deer. They do a lot of taxidermy, their work and stuff. So, yep. so they know. Okay. She looked at them and it was really cool to see somebody like that, that sees a lot of deer, admire that deer. Like they see giant deer in there. And right. she said, you know, one of a kind, I forget what she was saying, but like one of the coolest things, I don't know why, but I felt really cool about this. I felt really satisfied that she said to me, so she started looking at um, his hide on the neck because of course, you know, they're going to obviously mm-hmm. need to use it. So she's looking at what they have to do to it and stuff. And um, the, he had scars like all over his neck, mm-hmm. which I didn't see, but she could feel them. And she was like pulling the hair away and you could see scars like where he had been. He was a he was a warrior, man. Yeah. He's a warrior.
1: Six years, man. He got he's been in some battles.
0: Some of them were fresh. And what she said to me was, he he's this is this is the crazy thing. So she said to me, he's definitely on decline. Of course, it's six years old. He's not in his peak anymore. No. He's a, tw- a twelve pointer. <laughs> right? And he rough scores like one thirty three, four. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a yeah. great deer, right? We're
1: six years old, yeah.
0: She says she thinks his, his tines were probably at least 10 to 12 inches long on the, on most of them. And they're right now they're like six, something like that. So that deer was probably 160 at one yeah. point. And the mass on his base, is, he has really a lot of mass on his bases. And then it yeah. gets thinner as it goes up and around. And so that was really cool too. And she said, you know, this deer has been fighting for, like basically fighting for his life because there's – you know, there's a four and a five-year-old mature deer in that same area that, that is literally kicking his rear end because he's older. He's he's, right. he's just trying to survive. He's trying to still right. breed. He's trying to eat. And he was that old to, to imagine that a buck gets to that age where he's, he's not the, he's a right. grandpa.
1: He is, yeah. You he's, know what I mean? Yeah, his strength isn't there. His no. antlers aren't there anymore. And like, you know, these, these younger, stronger three and a half, four and a half, five and a half year old deer. Like they're pushing them around. Like that's really crazy, but like really cool to think about.
0: Like, yeah, she's she's so like, cool. it, she's like, she literally said to me, it was his time. It was time for him to be taken out of the herd, which is crazy. Cause like how many, how many hunters can really ever say that? No, yeah,
1: not many. You know what I
0: mean? Like not many. It's such a, I don't know, man. It's such a gift to be able to, you know, it's, it, it takes a year, you know, to get, to get a deer back usually. And it'll probably yeah. take a year to get him back. And I like literally can't wait because
1: mm-hmm.
0: to me, it's cool. To, it's cool to have a mount, but it's all the, all the, it's every time you look at that, I'll think first Texas deer. Cause I haven't, that's the first Texas deer. Yep. First Texas deer, six year old, you know, just unique buck. I'll think of like all of the time and effort I put into it It'll remind me of the Hagerman. Mm -hmm. Right. I'll think of all these things every time I look at that deer, just like when I look at the one from PA, I think about that day we had together.
1: Yep. I know. It's great. Yeah. It's crazy. Like just thinking back on all the, like, just the events that took place in like, like, so a lot of times (laughs) God has a plan for what's supposed to happen and we don't understand it. Um, I know we'll talk about some of that Mm -hmm. stuff coming up, but like, we just don't understand his plan. Like things are happening and we're like, God, like what is going on? You know? And it's still his plan, but like, you know, in some situations it's like, okay, like God, like I know exactly what was happening here. And like yours was like that. Like you went to this incredible Hagerman hunt with high expectations of like killing a giant deer and you left not killing one and yet you were still completely satisfied. And then a week later or two weeks later, you ended up killing a deer that was probably one of like the older deer in the Hagerman that was from the Hagerman on public land, which I'm sure you would rather kill a deer on public land than the Hagerman if you had to pick. And like your first Texas deer, like just like all of those things that God like had this like really cool plan for you. And like just to see it like all come together and see how like all those pieces were like fitting together. Um, you know it doesn't always work like that but when it does man it is just like the coolest thing to see it is just so cool
0: yeah man i mean obviously i hope that there's many many more of those types of days and memories and stuff like that but like you know it's it makes you think that there's probably a handful of those days left like in your life you know that you have where you can really truly look back on that you know i said to you like would have been really cool to have you there. Obviously we, we know what that is. You live in a different state and we knew that it was gonna happen at some point that you wouldn't be there and I wouldn't be with you when you shot one. Yeah. It makes it makes it tough because, you know, there's times where, man, it was a bear dragging him out. I had a tear part, but it was like hauling him over like deadfalls and stuff. And yeah. I'd stop and I'd take a breath, you know, and I'd I'd just think and digest it. It gave me time actually, which is interesting, you know, as yeah it took me a long time to get him out. And every time I stopped I'd just I just think about something else, you know?
1: So cool, man. Such a cool, just so many cool pieces of the story. And like, just the story that you'll be telling. I'll be telling people for years. I mean, I've already told a ton of people like the story. And I just like, I don't know, I'm just super pumped for you. Um, but like also, and I've told you this like many times, but also just like really proud of like, the work that you've put in and like seeing it pay off, but also like your attitude through it all has just been like such an encouragement. And like, you know, the Hagerman, like we talked, we talked that up like a lot, like, and Mm -hmm. to not get it done in there leaving completely satisfied Mm -hmm. completely. Like you said that Mm -hmm. multiple times, like, I don't know. It's just really cool to see um, and encouraging to me to see you know your attitude in that more than anything else
0: yeah man i appreciate that it takes a lot of hard work to to think that way too and it's not um, it does it's not easy at times and of course you know it's funny because that same day even though that happened that same day i also had thoughts of am i going to kill a deer in texas i mean literally like am i going to kill a deer in texas like am i ever going to be in the right spot am i mm-hmm. cuz you question all these things you know and Next year, I'll question other things. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like you're it's, always going to question things. Yeah. But th- yeah. there's there's certainly a lot of confidence. I, you know, I'm not afraid to say that there's a lot of confidence that I can look at a map now and I can be able to go in and I'm not afraid to hike in deep um, to shoot a deer. And you know, it's funny. I told uh, you know I was texting, but they were asking me about the drag out, and I told them how what, what a bear it was. And then I and I said, you know what though, if somebody said would you do it again tomorrow? Go through the exact same thing, even though your lower back is absolutely killing you. And you're for sure, I'd do it again tomorrow. Tomorrow, 100%. literally go in and shoot the same deer and do it again
1: 100%. 100%. Uh,
0: one, one quick, one quick funny thing that I didn't tell you, I don't think so. I'm about a quarter mile from the truck and I'm taking a pause, it's it's
1: get, bringing them out.
0: Yeah, it's okay. getting dark. Sun's down, it's getting dark, and I hear uh a coyote bark and like he's that. like 100 yards away oh,
1: great.
0: and then i hear another one bark and they're barking and then they're yipping and then they're howling <laughs> i've got them to my left i've got them out in front of me and i've got them to my right
1: <laughs>
0: and they are going off dude and i'm telling you like they're literally like just out of view like i can't see them and i'm dragging this year they saw, ear they saw the you i bet Oh, I'm sure they saw me and smelled that deer, yep. um, and it went on for a while. And I ended up getting down into this like really open area, and uh, it's funny like <laughs> like there's no way these coyotes are gonna want to have anything to do with me. Like they'll see me, they're not gonna care about the deer like whatever. And then in the back of your head you go, yeah, but there was that one time that coyote attacked that person. <laughs> It's well, they're so like, funny. listen, we
1: we already have the deer. Let's get the guy who's alive, so we can have both.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, but like, not that I thought I was ever going to get attacked by these coyotes, but like, it was, dude, it was eerie because you're out there dude, by yourself.
1: I've, dude, I've been out, you know, in the dark, like heard coyotes nearby, and it is like, it'll it'll like send a chill down your spine a little bit. And when you're dragging, like when you're dragging out, like you know, some game yep. that they want, yeah. Like, Yeah, you're probably not gonna get attacked, but it's not a good feeling. Like you're just like looking around, like where are they? Like, not. That's what I was doing.
0: Yeah, and then they shut up, and then I was like, well, they shut up because they're like, you know, they're all around me.
1: Right now they're like ten yards away. Like you're hearing stuff in the brush.
0: No. Nope. Oh, man. It's yeah. crazy. They had nothing yeah. on me. I was going to beat him down with a stick. They weren't taking that deer. I'm telling you no, right no now. No,
1: no chance. No chance. I was
0: losing a limb to get that deer out of there. 100%. Literally just 100%. pull out a knife and cut my arm off and give it to the coyote so yep. I could have the deer. I would it's do it.
1: it. You have to. You have to.
0: Here, yeah. yeah, chew on this for a while. I'm out. <laughs> one, I'm out. A one arm one arm dragged the deer out. I don't know how to explain that, but. I mean, you'd figure it out at that point. Do you be Start cutting fingers off and tossing them to them, like yep. It's
1: Worth it. <laughs> Completely <laughs> worth it.
0: <laughs> the things you do to get your deer out—that'd be good. Be a good book.
1: That would be a good book.
0: Oh man,
1: man, what a crazy, crazy couple weeks for you, man! Crazy couple weeks. Yeah, so man. are you? Are you shutting it down for the season, or, or what's happening now? Like what? What's your plan? I know you. I know you have a hunt coming up.
0: I I normally don't shut it down but you know I, I'll be honest with you so I drove as I was driving home this 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 year's been kind of a grind I, don't, I mean it's always a grind but I feel like this year it's been it's been harder on uh, my wife um, yeah. my daughter is going through a little bit of a stage right now and it's been she's 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 a bear she's battling everything yeah. and you know we're spending a week in Pennsylvania and then coming back and spending three full days at the Hagerman which I didn't see my daughter for three days because I was up early and then home after she went to bed. Right. You know, um, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm okay. Like I have meat, you know, it's been a couple of years since I've had meat in the freezer, you know, one, one deer for us is enough. Um, so, you know, I, I made the commitment or I came home and I said, look, like I have a duck cut coming up that I'm going to go on. I may go on like a late season model muzzleloader hunt or something just to get out and take a walk in the woods. But I said, other than that, like I'm going to pack my stuff up and I'm going to shut it down for archery season. And I'm just going to be present. And that made her day. So. Yeah. it's good, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well that's a heck of a season. Heck of a season though, man. You can't, cannot beat that. Hopefully many more of those, um, but it's not not often you get to shoot a six year old buck. That's for sure. So. I think
0: the thing is, dude, it keeps you going to those long those long sits, you know. And it even, you know, I think hearing hearing that too, like hopefully, like you know, for you and stuff, like when you go through a long day sit like that, when each like, it's one thing to say, dude, it can change in a second. <laughs> But then, when you go through it, then the following right. year, when you're sitting there all day, it's a lot easier to sit there all day when you go, for dude, sure. it changed in a second last year and it can literally do it again. Right. And yeah. the thing is, is we talk about those midday hunts.
1: It happened. Man. Two, 12 to
0: two of the last three bucks I shot were between 10 and, 10 and two. Yep. That was at 120 in the afternoon.
1: It's crazy. He's out there looking around, just yeah, looking for dope. Yeah, you. I mean, kill mature deer, man, this time of year, 10 to 2. It's just it. It is it. Like, you can certainly kill them, you know, in other new morning, evening, whatever, but yeah. it just seems like that window, like, they're, they've they settled down, they got back in their beds, and then 10 o'clock comes, and they're up looking again.
0: Yeah. So. I'm a believer. I mean, I, I truly am. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a time to be in the stand this time of year. I really do, yeah. do believe that. For so. sure. For sure. Dude. That's it. all I got for you.
1: Yeah, that was good, man. That was good. It's exciting. Learned a lot. You've learned a lot. You know, got to share some of that. And like I said, we'll be sharing some stories yeah. uh, for a long time to come. So.
0: Yeah, I know we're gonna get into your season. You know, probably in the next podcast. This has been a long one. And yeah, yeah it's been...
1: mine might mine might be a little long too. <laughs> yeah, that's okay, man. I
0: mean, I think uh, it's you know it's important to share the experience, no matter what it is. And, you know, our seasons just were very different this year. They just were very different. And where I've had, you know, amazing joy and gratefulness and been able to really kind of appreciate things. It's not always like that. And I think, you know, your story kind of this year has been like that. So I'm anxious to hear that.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll definitely get into it. You know, when we, when we started rooted and we started like the this is hunting series, um, our video series, which I promise we'll get some videos out soon. We, we will. We'll get seventeen
0: out. videos we'll sure. coming oh, yeah. at you in one day. <laughs> They're
1: coming. They're coming. But when we started those things, you know, our our goal has always been to portray hunting like exactly what it is, and um, there is the highest of highs which is what you've been able to experience this year. And there's some really low lows, which unfortunately I've been through those this year. And, you know, a lot of people, everybody, it's easy to talk about the highs, right? Like anybody can talk about that. Um, but I think what what our goal was is when we have those lows, and, and I don't think that it's an accident they happen this year because it's like, oh, we're going to do this, like, god whatever happens we're putting it out there yep and then it's like like well you know we're laughing earlier like well here you go like you can here's like a part of hunting right so you know as tough as it is like still some excitement just to be able to share that because i know people will be able to relate to it so yeah man we will get into that so um any other rooted updates or anything else that we want to share um I don't have much else right now. We're gonna, we'll have our no. youth turkey hunt next spring, which we're actually working on already. Which is I know. awesome. I know developments um, coming. Yeah, we're working on some of that. Uh, you have a duck hunt coming. I have a yes. duck hunt coming. I'm I know. When's your duck hunt? Yeah. When's your duck? My hunt? duck hunt. Dude, I'm leaving this Sunday. Oh, are you? Yeah. Up the cabin up the cabin so oh. four of us four of us going oh you going out for like a um, week or what no we're going up oh. we're going up on a sunday afternoon and then we'll hunt monday morning we'll hunt ducks and geese and then in the afternoon we'll hunt pheasant and then oh, tuesday morning dude. we'll hunt ducks and geese and then tuesday afternoon we'll hunt pheasant and come home
0: love the pheasants love yeah, that so i miss that yeah
1: and it's like loaded up there with pheasants. Is it they stock yeah. it up there or is it just natural yeah yeah they stock Stocked. it yeah so, yeah, he, I mean, we went, went last year, we went, we did that. He limited out both days. Like, Oh, much. I love pheasant, man. It's so good too. Good. Pheasant's yeah, really good. Yeah, very good, very good. So, that'll be fun just to, like, mix it up. Like, you know, my cousin's coming, uh, Nate's coming, and then this oh, cool. other guy um, that is from his, my cousin's work, that, like, he actually was down in Texas, And then he moved Mm. here and has it hunted here since he came up because he doesn't have anywhere to hunt. So Mm. he's coming. So it should be like, just it'll just be a fun time. So I'm looking forward to just like, I need a break from the deer grind. Like I need it. I just need to like shoot some guns and just like see some birds and just like enjoy it. So I'm excited.
0: Dude, that's going to be awesome, man. I'm excited for you. I know how much you love, you love your duck hunting, your waterfowl. I do. I have no (laughs) idea what I'm doing, dude. I like, I need, okay. So I need to get waders.
1: Dude. Oh, so I, for, did I tell you that I need to get waiters?
0: Yeah, no, you said yours leaked. But now,
1: so now I'm getting waiters because <laughs> I hiked in into my the deer Saturday across the creek. Dude. And like on the first cross, I was like, that feels a little wet. Like, that's a little <laughs> and, little should it, and it should have. So then be. I hiked in like, so I, h- I hiked across the creek and then I hiked down like three quarters of a mile in yeah. my waders. And I'm like, ah, it's dry. Like we're good. And I come back across and now both are feeling wet. I'm like, doesn't feel good i'm like that nah, no. must just because sometimes your waiters, if you get in like really cold <clears> water <throat> like they compress on you and it feels wet but oh. it's just cold it's just cold so then when i got over there and i took them off to put my boots on my pants and my socks were soaked
0: that's horrible what was Were <laughs> so the temps it was cold 30s? but yeah yeah it was oh, dude easy.
1: but i had but i didn't somehow i didn't wear my main socks in and and i had two other like layers of pants that i brought in or i would have been toast i would have been out can't hunt in that can yeah with wet socks that would have like, been dangerous too yeah that cold so <clears throat> so you said new waders and now i gotta get new waders by this weekend so well, let me let, know what you get know what i get <laughs> yeah
0: i all i've been told is get neoprene i don't know if that's true or not get neoprene yeah, waders yeah. Get, look, I haven't looked I haven't Get looked some warm way. boot waders, the warm, get some insulate okay. in there. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, dude, I need to get a shotgun. Like I'm, it's, it's horrible. <laughs> it's a mess. It's a mess. I'm going to be out there like piecing it together. My first <laughs> duck on ever going out with so like a good. pro too. He's like, Oh yeah, get these shells. Yeah. It's Josh, yeah. you know, Josh. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Best. He's like telling me what shells to get and everything I'm like, dude, what waiters do I get? like I have no idea what to do what I'm doing here. <laughs> so
1: good. I love it. It's gonna be awesome dude. We're gonna are be camping really? out
0: for three days. Are you really? Days. Yeah camping dude, out that's
1: awesome. dude yeah. you are gonna be so hooked, dude I'm telling you you're gonna come back and you'll be like, dude, why have I not been doing this my whole life? like it is just it's awesome. So I don't want
0: to make you more jealous but he boxed with me today. About what? He called down there to, to see, like, get the scoop on everything. What's the scoop? So, he said, they told him that there's already quite a few ducks and geese there.
1: What's quite a few?
0: I don't know. A lot. He said a lot. A
1: lot. Yeah. A lot.
0: <laughs> it's a completely non-pressured area. They hunt it once a year. Jeez, dude. He said, so the only, you know, the only pre- the only pressure that these ducks are getting is coming down like yeah While well i was gonna say the down. only
1: the only disadvantage <clears throat> that you guys have down yeah. in texas is that these <laughs> birds are getting blasted at all the way down yeah that's the only disadvantage you have but if they get down there and get settled in I mean, you're, yeah so you guys, that's what i guess that's what done. he meant right There's yeah, already well, a bunch done. of ducks and
0: geese there so
1: yeah but you guys will be fine
0: so be fine. i guess it, i guess it so it's two days of a hunt it's um mm-hmm. friday we go down at orientation. We go pick our spots and then Saturday, Sunday, we hunt. So nice.
1: Yeah. Usually, ducks, I mean, depending on where you're at, like, you don't hunt really that long. Like, up here, like, you can hunt. We'll hunt a little longer, but like the first 30 minutes of light is like literally it.
0: So it's ducks and geese.
1: Geese could be a little bit different. Yeah. So we can hunt both. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You'll probably crush geese. Like,
0: yeah. So Josh said he's never shot a a goose before. Really? Yeah. So not it'll be surprising. his first time.
1: That's surprising. Yeah, geese are not not super hard. Ducks are tricky. But... Oh, fun, man! I'm I don't know, man. You. I'm just gonna wait
0: till he says shoot, and I'm gonna shoot. That's, that's it. it. That's, that's, all that's you it. That's all I need. I know. I can't identify a duck. Nope. From, like yeah. I know what a mallard looks like. That's about yeah. it. Yeah,
1: dude. Just wait till he says shoot, and then just start firing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so man. good. All right, man, we got to get out yeah, of here. Yeah, I know, dude. What we a long potty podcast we did here. That was a yeah. good one, though. No, that was a good
0: one. All right, brother. I appreciate you. Let's, uh, let's. well, we'll have to do another podcast on the duck hunts then that we had to. So For be, sure. we'll have a bunch of podcasts coming
1: up. We got some coming up. We got some coming
0: up. All right, everybody. Hey, go to our YouTube uh, page, subscribe. Because remember, if you subscribe, then you get notified when we have new videos coming out. Although this is hunting videos that are coming out. <laughs> Be, your them. phone will be getting pinged every 30 seconds. All the time. Oh, no, but go subscribe. Go to our Facebook page. Give us a like. Uh, we'd, we'd really appreciate that. If you could just share it with somebody else that you think uh, would enjoy our conversations, enjoy our content, and, uh, and our community that we're creating here at Rooted. And um, I think that's about it, man. Instagram, Rooted Outdoors, Instagram. And uh, send us a message, too, if you're listening to this. So we love to connect with people. And uh, just share ideas and um, challenges and all kinds of stuff. So, anything else, man?
1: I think that's it for now. I'm ready for bed. Appreciate you. <laughs> Go to bed, man. You got a long day that's tomorrow. That's it, man.
0: That's it, man. All right, buddy. Okay, you soon. later.
1: Thank you, guys. See you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date with everything happening at Rooted Outdoors.